Last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a new season. We believe that just like physically there's a seasons, spiritually there's also seasons. Um, as you know, right now, winter is like, I'm not going away. Um, and so, I don't know if you guys stand to pick this up, but in the seasons that God has for us, um, they're not just going to fall on our lap. You're going to have to like put up a fight for the things that God has for you. I don't know about you, but I feel like winter's saying, like, do you have a fight in you? Or are you going to let me bully you around? Some people, they bully easily around winter. They're like, oh, it's too cold. I'm staying home. Well, too bad for you because you're losing another chance to, to, to break through and become who God has called you to be. Right? I, I'm not sure if you guys pay attention yet, but life is not laying down and saying, go ahead. Right? Life's like you up for a fight. Are you up for a battle? Are you up for a challenge? Yeah. And I believe that's what a pioneer is all about, that there's something that God wants to do through you, but it's going to take a challenge. Can you say amen? And I want to highlight today the life of a man that uh, took up the challenge. And I believe when you're reading the Bible correctly, you don't just read about the person. You put yourself in that situation and say, God, what about me? Yeah. Right? That's the point of reading the Bible. We don't read the Bible to get goosebumps and feelings. We read the Bible to say, God, now do your will in my life as well. Can you say amen? amen? So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to start in Genesis 12, and then I'm going to go to Hebrews 11. We're going to look at the life of Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's get together and praise the Lord. How many Sunday school kids do I have? A couple of you know what I'm talking about. The rest of you, thank God. God spared you. From Sunday school. <laughs> Genesis 12. The Bible says the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Can you say amen? amen? Now go to Hebrews 11, which is the hall of faith or the hall of fame. You know you, you're big time when you make it to God's hall of fame. Right? It's one thing to make it to the NFL hall of fame, but how about making it to the faith hall of fame? I don't know about you. I want to be known in heaven. Hello, somebody. Amen. Hebrews 11 verse 8 says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God will give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. <laughs> and even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac, which is his son. And then, and then Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. Can you say amen? In other words, Abraham understood that he wasn't on a journey just on this earth, but he was on a journey for eternity. Can you say amen? You know, um, I don't know if you remember, but not long ago we were kids. Some of you guys are still kids. But remember as kids, it was always fun to go on an adventure. How many of you guys still have that adventure in you? Like, you, you, you don't mind going on? Yeah. Why are we all scared? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> am, I, am I talking to you people here? Or y'all are looking at me like I got seven heads. Adventure, what is that? 
<laughs> Remember when, if there was a tree in front of you, it's meant to be climbed. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's so good. Yeah. Remember if there was a lake in the neighborhood, we're going. Yeah. <laughs> right? I remember one time, right, I was in church in Cape Verde. I grew up in the west coast of Africa, and uh, I, I had an incredible grandmother, and she had two sisters, right? And, uh, and they took it upon them to make sure I went to church. My family, my mom and dad didn't go to church that often. They were kind of like the, the seasonal Christians, right? Easter and Christmas, you know what I'm talking about? Don't raise your hand. Um, <laughs> so my, my, my grandmother would take me to Sunday school, and my, her, she had two aunts, and they would take me to Mass, right? And so we had this deal where on Sundays in the morning, I would go to Sunday school with my grandmother, and then at night, I would go to Mass, right? I tell people all the time, my grandmother was a Nazarene, right? And her two sisters were Catholic, right? I tell people all the time, I was Catherine growing up. Like, I, I had a little bit of both, okay? It's confused, uh, all right? But I remember one time, you know, we, we were, you know, playing, and my aunt's like, don't forget, we have Mass at 6. Don't worry, aunt, I'll be there. But we were going to the beach, but I didn't know what, she didn't want me to go to the beach, and she's like, don't go, don't go to the beach, just come to church. And I was like, I'll be at church. Don't worry. I'll be there. Um, but I went to the beach. And uh, I was about maybe 13. Went to the beach, had a good time. Then I was like, fellas, I got to go. Mass. I'm running late for mass. I walk into church late and, and I'm pretending like I've been there all along, right? I'm sitting behind them. You know, they're like, uh, hi. I'm like, hi. Um, uh, have you been here this whole time? In Cape Verde, you greet your elders with a kiss, right? So I went in to give my aunt a kiss, and she licked me. <laughs> True story, y'all. She licked me and went, you went to the beach. <laughs> How do you get out of that? You in church. <laughs> like, and there's salt, you know what I mean? Um, my grandmother was smarter than I was, you know. But... But there's that spirit of adventure in us that I believe is a God-given thing, that we're meant to live an adventure, right? Somewhere down the line, we lose it. We settle for things that are less than adventurous. We settle for a life that's, you know, hum, drum, (laughs) bills, kids, right? And those things are not bad in itself, but they're not supposed to be the means of your life. Yeah, come on. Right? They're not supposed to be what your life's supposed to be all about. We're not supposed to, you know, live, pay bills, and die. That's not the goal. I don't believe God created us to just exist. I believe he created us to thrive. I believe he created us to fulfill some things. And I believe that he put this pioneer thing in us to say, what else is there, God? What else is there that I'm meant to conquer? And that's what you see with Abraham. The man... When you read the story in Genesis 12, the man is 75 years old. Everything within this man should be about settling. Right? He should be thinking about Florida and fishing at this point. Right? 75 years old, and he's set as far as setting goes, as far as how we speak about setting. Because setting is, you know, you got your 401k, right? You've paid off your mortgage, and now you're ready to just, just do nothing. And God's like, no, I'm not ready for you to do nothing. I'm ready for you to pioneer something new, Come on. Abraham. I'm a God that's always up to something new. Right? He had everything that you could want at this point. He has a family. His father just died, which means he has an inheritance. And he's set to settle until God gets in the mix. 
Now, this message today is a little bit one of those like prophetic messages, which means like your antenna's got to be really up if you want to catch what God is trying to say. Like, this is not one of those ABC messages. This is not one of those babysitting messages. This is like a grown-up message. Come on. But grown-ups don't have to lose the adventurous spirit. Yeah. I think God's making a point here. I'm going to pick a 75-year-old to do something that he cannot do on his own. And then, and then thousands of years later, you're going to be talking about this man. Yeah. Come on. That's a life well lived. Yeah, come on. That's a life we want to live. Can you say amen? Amen. Right? It, go ahead. We can clap. It's good. I believe there's an adventure in you right now. Dying to come out. But it's being stifled by what we call life. There's an adventure in you. There's a pioneering in you. There's something new that God wants to do in you. Will you heed the call? The Bible says that God is doing something new. Can you perceive it? Can you sense it? Can you realize that you're not here by coincidence or mistake? That God perhaps is saying, I'm trying to position you for a new adventure, for a new thing. Okay, like I said, you're going to have to pray and, 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 and tune into the Holy Spirit to say, God, what is that thing? Because most people, unfortunately, miss it. They go to a building, but they don't go to God. Most people will do religion, but they don't know God. Big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Yeah. I know a lot about Tom Brady, but I don't know Tom Brady. I can't go to his house today and go, Tommy, can we kick it? I don't even know where the man lives, but I know a lot of stats about him. And some people talk about Tom Brady like they know him. They don't know Tom Brady. They know some things about Tom Brady. There's a big difference between knowing about God and actually knowing God. You got to know God. And when you know God, you know a purpose. First thing he does with Abraham, he says, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham. Why? Because when God touches your life, your identity changes, your purpose changes, your destiny changes. Everything about you is different. There's never a time that God touches someone and they stay the same. That's what religion does. God will touch you and change you. Abraham, he says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Like you can stay here and do your little life thing or you can come with me and do a God thing and see what I will do with you. That's the God that we serve. There's a before and after with God. There's a BC days and then there's an AD days when you're with God. Come on, you ever seen those commercials? You know, before and after juicing, you know? (laughs) There's Barry Bond and, okay. um, There's a difference when God gets in the mix. Can you say amen? Right? But there's an adventure in us. He's called the father of faith simply because he believed God. That's incredible. Now, a lot of people believe God, but the word believe is actually a word that implies action. Because a lot of people have wishful thinking, not faith. Faith has legs, right? It wasn't just, oh, this is a great thing, God. It would be great if I go somewhere. It's like, no, you got to go, actually. Yeah, come on. (laughs) I don't know what God is saying to you, but I guarantee you this. What God wants to do with you will not be done in your comfort. That's right. Matter of fact, your comfort right now is your greatest enemy. The devil is not your greatest enemy. Comfort is. Come on. Some Christians rebuke the devil, but they won't rebuke the comfort in their lives. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, I'm preaching good. Yeah. <laughs> right. You ever noticed lately, everybody wants change without change. 
so funny, right? Everybody wants change, but nobody wants to move. And I don't know what God, again, put up your antenna today because, listen, it may not be move like get out of your address. Some of you, it might be that, but some of you is like, man, move that mindset. Come on. Yes. Move that perspective. Yes. Move that thought. Move that bitterness. Move that anger. Move that pride. Move. Move. I want to do something bigger with you, but you got to move. When the Lord says move, you got to move. Because there's so much more on the horizon when you move with him. That's right. And some of you, it means like move out of that relationship. Move out of that job. Again, fill in the blanks. I believe the Lord is speaking if you're paying attention. Yeah. The Bible says you got to hear the word of the Holy Spirit. And when he speaks to you, don't, don't harden your heart like most people do. What is hardening in your heart is simply not doing anything. Come on. That's Come what hardening of hearts is. When God speaks, you do nothing. You harden your heart. So it's what he can do with you. That's good. Hey, the story of Abraham is our story. It's in all of us to fulfill the adventure that God has in us, to pioneer something new, to encounter God and be transformed, but also to bring transformation with us. Can you say amen? amen. He said, go, Abraham. You know what's interesting? Did you notice he didn't tell him where to go? Yeah. If it sounds crazy, it must be God. Most people don't need God because they can answer their own prayers. Come on. Wow. That's so good. Come on. Like you talk to some people, they already have it all lined up. And what do they do? They say, now God bless it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought he's the God of the universe. I'm supposed to be like, God, what do you want to do yeah, yeah, with yeah. my life? Yeah, yeah. Like, because, you know, my plans may seem right, but the Bible says it might lead me somewhere that I don't want to go. Come on. Yeah. What are you trying to lead me, God? Come on. What are you trying to do with me, God? Why did you bring me this morning to, to this place, God? Church in a middle school, God. Come on. Maybe God is trying to switch things up a bit. Maybe God's trying to shake things up a bit. I believe God didn't call us here to do the same old religion. He came to call us to do a church that is alive and well and filled with people who want life. People who want an adventure. They want life. They want to have a reason to get up in the morning. Because I don't know about you. If you don't have something to make you get up in the morning, then you're dying. And I don't mean just physically. I mean emotionally and spiritually dying. Because there's no sense of purpose. There's no sense of commitment. There's no sense of excitement. There's no sense of faith. About five years ago, we began to feel the rumblings of something else. My wife and I, we were comfortable. We, we were in the Smithfield Church. I was the youth pastor. I pastored a great youth ministry. Hundreds of kids. The church was doing well. We were doing well. We, we had kids. We had all the stuff to settle. God says, I'm not done with you yet. I want you to pioneer something new. I want you to pioneer something different. And we didn't know what that was. This is the part that a lot of people miss it. This is the part where we drop off the religious from the pursuers of God. Because there's got to become a pursuit with that. When you feel the rumblings, what do you do with it? Do you hide it with Netflix or do you go to prayer with it? Do you hide it in a bar or do you seek God? There's a burning desire for more in life. Most people will hide it, will bury it. There's a starving person in you wanting to eat, 
out of life. The burning wouldn't go away. Because when you feel it and you begin to steer it, it just gets stronger. And we had no idea exactly what that was, but we knew that, that, that when God puts a burden in you, it's to seek him. Because the Bible says he will, he will reward those who come after him. That's good. He will reward those who, who don't just do religion, but seek him. We'll begin to try to figure out, God, what is it exactly that you're trying to do with us? Because waiting on God means that I am actively doing my part. We begin to now trying to sense where are we going? Prayer, fasting, counseling with spiritual leaders and try to figure out, God, what is it that you're trying to do with us? And begin to drive around and trying to pick up in the spirit, God, where are you leading us? Because the Bible says his word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. In other words, he only gives you enough for right now. And you trust him, he'll give you the next thing. Because if he showed you the whole thing, then you'll be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> God only shows you a little bit of time because you know you can only handle a little bit of the time. Right? Literally driving through Taunton, Providence, trying to figure out, God, where is it that you have us? And he begin to send signals to come to New Bedford where he made no sense to come to New Bedford. If God's calling you to do something that doesn't make any sense, I think God is in it. This is a place that I used to drive up and say to my wife, because she's from here, I'm like, I can never live here. Too many one ways. It's confusing. <laughs> they say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Because yeah. they're always too small compared to his plans. Yeah. He's always got a greater plan than your plan. Which, by the way, there was no go to New Bedford and this is going to happen. It was, it was just literally go to New Bedford. <laughs> Step one. Okay, now what do we do? Well, you need some people. Okay, step two. <laughs> God will literally give you small chunks. So why? Because as you're taking steps, you're growing, you're stretching, yeah, you're, you're becoming more and more the person that he created you to be. He doesn't give you the full thing. You can't handle the full thing, but he'll give you enough yeah. for good. the road. That's good. So Abraham begins on his journey, 75 years old, and this journey doesn't accumulate until he's over 100 years old. And then you know it's God when you have a legacy. You know it's God when it doesn't end with you. That's good. Because God's trying to do something bigger than you. There's always a reason not to. Have you noticed that? There's always a reason not to. Abraham had him. Can I give it to you? 75 years old. That's a great reason not to. Father just died. Another reason not to. Great inheritance. Another reason not to. I got, a, I got a family already. Another reason not to. There's always a reason not to. Pay attention to your vocabulary. Are you a not to or I can do? Yeah. That's good. We all betray ourselves in our words. That's why the Bible says there's life and death in your words. What he was talking about is, is you listen, is it going to be death like you can't? Or is it going to be life like I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do the things he's calling me to do? You know, the last couple of weeks, I've been introducing you to some pioneers in life. And I want to show you a couple of the pioneers when it comes to this, this, this burning desire for adventure, for, for exploring, for more. I want to show you a couple of people that have made a mark in our, in our day. First guy that I want to introduce you to today, his name is Ernest Shackleton. What a great name. The man was crazy, took expeditions to South Pole okay, for months and years. And, and it was crazy because he would go out and nobody knew if he was going to come back. And he decided to put this ad on the London Times to see who else was with him. 
I love this ad. Look at this. He said, man wanted for hazardous journey, long wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return, doubtful, <laughs> honor and recognition in events of success. Who's in? <laughs> Do you know what's crazy? Thousands of people responded to the ad. You know why? Because there's something in us that's like, man, I'm, I was meant to do more than just sit here yeah, and on. die. I was meant to be a part of an adventure. I was meant to be part of something bigger than myself. That, that's the beauty of this fate life. You may not go to an Antarctica or South Pole, but what is God calling you to? There's something that God is calling you to, and it's going to require everything you have. Yeah. But guess what? Man, it's when you are alive. You are more alive when you're not in control. Oh, that would preach. Why do people go to great lands to go to Six Flags to lose their minds on a roller coaster? Because they want to feel alive. Well, guess what? Do God's will and watch you feel alive. I'm blown away by that. Some of those people blow my mind. I'm like, man, you guys are crazy. To trust a man-made stuff to hold you in 30 feet of air, but you won't trust God for today? That's crazy to me. Like, you gonna let someone pull you in a bungee jump rope? You're gonna fly in the middle of nowhere? You're gonna lose your mind? Ah! But you won't trust God to provide for you? Come on. That's crazy to me. That doesn't make any sense. Here's another guy, David Livingston, a missionary to Africa. One of the first to go to Africa when Africa was still unexplored. Felt the call to go to Africa. But what's amazing is that he gets there. His calling begins to change. Because when you say yes to God, right, like I told you, he'll give you one Step, but then he's like, I got whole other things I want you to do. This man revolutionized the way we do missions because he went there and recognized that, first of all, these people need better road systems. We need to be able to explore this thing better. We need to be able to get from one point of Africa to the next point of Africa. We need to be able to provide commerce for these people. By the way, he was the first ones to fight slavery in Africa because he's like, man, wait a minute. This is not God's will. We need to break down the system. Instead of trading people, we should be trading goods. Right? That's what God will do. God will give you a burden. God will give you a burden. You know what they said about him? They said by the time he was done, here's his legacy. They said he was Mother Teresa, Neil Armstrong, and Abraham Lincoln rolled into one. Because he did more than you thought a missionary could do. Which, by the way, in all these years in Africa, he converted one person. One tribal chief came to the Lord in all these years. But in the meantime, he was doing these other things, building roads and try to try to overcome slavery and try to build better systems for missionaries. And that one man that he got saved, one soul was able to 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 bring the gospel himself to his tribe. And many people got rescued and saved because one man got saved. So I don't know what God will do as a tree team, but if one person gets saved and they, they became the domino effect in their neighborhood, then guess what? Then God is here. God is doing something bigger than we can imagine or think. 
problem is, though, someone's got to step up. Someone's got to say, I'm going to go. And he went and he began this journey of preaching the gospel in, in different ways. He pioneered a new way to be missionaries. Right? The guy was crazy, by the way. He got lost for six years in the jungle. When they found him, you know what he said? Lost for six years, but I read the Bible four times over in those six years. Sometimes God will let you get lost to find yourself. Hello. So, oh, man, I'm preaching so good. Here's a couple of things this man said I love. He said this. <laughs> so good. He said, I am prepared to go anywhere, provided it be forward. My God, that will preach. When he was riding home, he said this about people that he wanted to come help him. He said, if you have men who will come, if they know there's a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road at all. Send me, Lord. Come on. Come Send me, Lord. He said, I will place no value in anything I have or may possess except in relation to the kingdom of Christ. My God, that's a life well lived. You may not go to Africa. You may not go to Saul Paul. But what is God calling you to? That's going to require faith. That's going to require you get out of your comfort zone. You know, by the time he died, they found him dead on his knees praying. The Africans loved him so much because they say they're one of the first missionaries that came that respected us for who we are. They didn't force Christianity on us. They said, take his body back, but leave us his heart. They took his heart out and buried it in Africa to remember him. Now, that's a life well lived, people. That's, I believe, is God's will for us, to live a legacy, to live in such a way that others say, leave his heart, because we want to honor him. We want to remember him. Listen, you may not go to these places, but I believe there's an adventure in you, a God-given adventure that's inside of you if you're paying attention. That God is not bringing you to a building just to do religion. He's bringing you to a place to inspire you, to challenge you, to motivate you, and to use you for his glory. Can you say amen? Amen. Your whole life is spiritual. I don't know if you realize that yet. Everything that we are is spiritual. Why? Because there's not an area in our lives that God doesn't touch. There's not an area in our life that God doesn't want to make it better. There's not an area in your life that God doesn't first blow it up and say, Let me, let's do something better with that. It's time to move, I believe. Amen. Here's a prophetic word for you. I hear the Lord say, don't you dare hit the snooze button one more time. <laughs> and I don't mean in the morning, I mean in life. Don't you dare keep hitting that snooze button again. I hear the Lord say to other people, you've given too much time to other people's opinion of you. And you've given too much of your energy to things that don't matter. It's time to move. It's time for me to pioneer something through you. It's time for me to have my way with you. Will you say yes to the Lord today? Would you let him do something in you that only he can do? There's a pioneering spirit in the air. Can you seize it? Can you sense it? Can you smell it? Can you feel it? The Lord's saying, go. And that means go means so many different things to so many people in this place. This is his call to come into the water like he did with Peter. Step out. Step out and see what happens when you step out in faith. God will show up when you step out. That's what I found with God, right? When you take a step, there's nothing there. But once you put that down, you'll find God. 
That's faith. If it sounds blurry, it sounds crazy, it must be God. If it's calculated, it must be you. That's how you discern God's will. Please write this down. Comfort is the arch enemy of your calling. Everybody thinks it's the devil, but it's your lazy boy. In the spirit. In the spirit. You know what's funny about humanity? We work so hard to find comfort, not to realize that it becomes your worst enemy. Every day you're fighting so hard to get to a place of comfort, not realizing that God is setting it up all along for you not to be comfortable. I don't know who makes it snow. Maybe it's God. It's not the devil. It's not us. So maybe God set up the whole system for you to not be comfortable. That's so good. Maybe the whole thing is set up. And we are whining about it. God's like, no, if I don't do that stuff, you will settle. Come on. I put obstacles for you to overcome them. Not to talk about the obstacle. Talk about how do you overcome the obstacle. That's the point. That's the point. But here we are. All we do is talk about the obstacle. But the obstacle is not the point. The point is what's behind the obstacle. Well, you don't understand. No one understands. Well, no, that's not the point. The point is, what's on the other side? You will never find out until you break through. You know, there's cute sayings that people have. When God closes the door, he opens the window. I believe sometimes God's not going to open anything. He's like, can you bash through that thing? I want to see you bash through that thing. Right? We didn't come to New Bedford to jump to a window. We came to bash through some things. Anybody with me? Come on. I tell you what I see in the spirit. I see God say bash through poverty. Bash through small churches. Bash through small religion. Bash through all the nonsense that put their foot in front of my wheel. Bash through all of it and see what I will do on the other side. Bash through all of it. Take no prisoners. Just keep putting your head down. I wish I could remember the guy on X-Men with the crazy, he just bashes through walls. That's how I see faith. Bash through stuff. Someone say bash. Something for you to bash through. Stop talking to the wall and bash through the wall. In Jesus' name, say amen. I don't believe we're supposed to ease our way into heaven. I, I believe we're supposed to crash land into heaven. I suppose we were supposed to go crazy and jump into heaven, and they're like, what the heck? We're like, yes, we made it here. I believe in what Dylan Thomas said about death. He said, do not go gentle into the night. He said, rage. Come on. Rage against the dying of the light. Church, rage. Rage. Someone give God some praise in this place. Rage. Rage. Rage against it. 
eternity. I pray you crash land and you have people with you because you bashed through some things. Come on, religion is boring. Let's get into with God. Let's get into with the Spirit. Let's see God shift some things. Let's go into the Dunkin' Donuts Center with thousands of people and worship Jesus and bash through why New England can't have big churches. When people tell you, oh, I, I like small churches, tell them, well, you won't like heaven. Because heaven's going to be big with a lot of people from all colors, all backgrounds, all nations. You won't like heaven. Crazy how people talk. You know how selfish you sound when you say that? I want my church to be small. Well, God wants his church to be big. God wants more and more people to come to know him as the Lord that he is. You got to rage against this comfort, rage against religion, rage against just being where we are. I'm not there yet, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. I'm on my way. You know, last week we did a song called I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Remember that old school song? But you know, behind every good song, there's a story. Best songs come out of tough places. You can ask Adele and Taylor Swift. These guys have made hits on broken hearts. I'm worried about Adele because like once she is happy, then we're not going to have any more hits. Because a happy Adele cannot write anything. So we need to pray. No, I'm just kidding. Um, don't. Pray for her happiness. Taylor Swift, same thing. This little girl writes songs about broken hearts, becomes this superstar. Why? Because the best songs come out of a place. I have decided came out of a place in India, 19th century. When the gospel was being brought to India, there was a lot of persecution. And this man wrote the song out of persecution. That he made up his mind, no matter what happens to me, I've decided to follow Jesus. He saw his family get killed because of their faith. And as they were killing him, he was singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. That man crash landed into eternity. <laughs> crash landed. So much so that years later, here we are singing the song that came out of his place. That you only get when you have a relationship with Jesus, not religion. Religion will run away in those moments. Relationship says, no, I, I know who I serve. No turning back for me because I have decided to follow Jesus. Do I have anybody here decided to follow Jesus? Come on, let's lift it up.